Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast, brought to you by the team behind BikeRadar.com, Cycling Plus and MBUK magazines. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe. And if you can do so, leave us a rating on your podcast provider of choice. It really helps us reach other cyclists like you. Welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast. My name is George Scott, Editor-in-Chief of Bike Radar, and today I'm joined by Warren Roster, Bike Radar's Senior Technical Editor for all things road cycling. Today we're bringing you one of our Bike Shorts episodes. It's a bite-sized podcast where we bring you the breaking news story of the day. So Woz, kick us off. What are we going to talk about today? Today we're going to talk about Conargo's latest entry into its long-running C-Series. That's the brand's flagship bike. The C-Series is carbon. It's been around for just over 30 years. There's only ever been eight of them, starting with the quite radical-looking C35 back in 1989. And now we've got the brand new one. So this is the flagship that off from Conargo. It's the best of the best. In short, it's a bike that's better than is being ridden in the tour. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll come on to that point because interestingly, this this new bike, the C68, it is the flagship, but as you say, it's not going to be ridden by Tade Pogaccia at the at the Tour de France. He tends to ride the V3RS. But as someone who's coming at this from, from the outside, you've attended the presentation, Warren, you've got the bike and you've ridden it. I haven't seen it in the flesh yet, but from looking at the pictures... It does look a lot like the V3 RS. So have Conargo dropped the trademark lugged design of the C-Series or, or is there something kind of different going on underneath the skin here? Yeah, I mean, it's still, although when you look at the bike, it doesn't look like it has lugs. And that has been a trademark of the C-Series for probably the last 15, 20 years. This one, it does look a lot like the V3 RS. Now they put a lot of R&D into that that frame design. Um, and this is just a different iteration, a different way of making it. The difference here is that 
it actually has the same amount of component parts as the old C64, which was lugged, you know, kind of effectively tubes plugged into joints. This does it a little bit differently, but as I say, it's got the same amount of parts, but the reworking they've done has allowed this frame to offer so much more adjustability in things like geometry and sizing, you know, and there there's a whole swathe of custom options that you can go down. So with the with that with that lug design here, what are the you know, what are the benefits there? You know, why Conargo is one of the few brands that still pursues a, a lug design, certainly on a on a kind of mass scale. Um, I mean, what's the point? Why bother? Well, I think because um, this being like the, the, the their kind of flagship bike, this is going down that fully custom route. You know, and there are a lot of you know full custom carbon manufacturers still out there. You know, I'm talking the likes of of Parley with things like the Z Zero. Now, this is this is Conargo basically going to those much smaller boutique brands, hey, we can do this and we can do it just as well, if not better. And so the way that they've gone about the C68 is they've kept those kind of aero advantages that they got with the V3 RS, but they've integrated it into such a way that the frame's more modular construction allows for so much more bespoke stuff going on there. So if you're not happy with the stock sizes, stack or reach or any of those, those variables, you can get it tuned on the C68 to get exactly the bike you want. Um, and they've been quite clever about doing that. It's not something you would ever really see before with a, a normal tube-to-tube lug construction because you tend to have things like the head tube and therefore the joints for the down tube and top tube are one piece. So you have a fixed head tube size. What Conargo have done on the C68, probably the cleverest point of the modular construction is the head tube and the top tube. The top tube has effectively like a carbon loop which slides over the head tube. So you can literally slide that top tube up and down um, offering sort of an infinite variation in, in stack height and also um, they can cut or or amend that top tube to whatever length so you can increase you, know, you can increase things like reach and then they even go like one higher you know one further than this where there's a, the c68 tie where all of those elements the those adjustable elements are actually 3d printed titanium now titanium is pretty much the only metal that that sinks perfectly mechanically with carbon fiber and so with these 3D printed elements of the frame, the kind of adaptation or the, the bespokeness of it is, um, is almost infinite. It's, um, it, it's quite an exciting thing to do, but obviously very time-consuming and really expensive. So you know, to kind of talk our listeners through how the, the frame looks visually, it has slightly dropped seat stays, not quite as dropped as the V3 RS from what I can make out but certainly more dropped than the the old c64 but it also has a little bit of aero styling doesn't it both in the frame and, and the cockpit i know that conago are talking up some of the potential aero benefits of this frame over the old one yeah yeah i mean you know they, they won't be drawn on 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 numbers as it were but they do say it is significantly more aerodynamic than the old c64 and what i found even more surprising is that it has a slight aero advantage over the v3 rs Although, because of the construction method, um, it does weigh slightly more. So it's a kind of, there's a trade-off there. And you, you mentioned that um, construction method as before. You know, it's, it is a really smart, lugged construction. But as you said, there are also two constructions to choose from. There's this, this kind of standard, if you can call it standard, carbon design. But then there's also the, the carbon titanium design with the 3D printed tie lugs. So can you talk us through you know, a bit about that? The C68 is already... As you said, the flagship of what Conargo offers. So, you know, why have they why have they surpassed that? You know, what's the what's the story with this? I'm pretty sure it's something Conargo need to do because I, I think there are a huge amount of fans out there for the C series bikes, you know. But 
there's no getting around as good as the C64 was uh, and, it, and still is. It's a kind of retro looking bike. Now, Conago are one of those brands that are just steeped in heritage, but they kind of run the risk of becoming a heritage brand rather than a cutting edge brand with heritage. So I think it's something they're actually, it's almost like they're throwing a challenge out to the market. They're going, you know, you may think of as, you know, most, you know, most people my age think of Conago. They think of the Master or the Arabesque and these beautifully crafted steel bikes and, you know, the, the huge history that the brand has led by this, you know, incredible patriarch of Ernesto. Now, this new 21st century Conago is saying, yeah, we've got all that, but we can do this as well. And if you look at their rivals in, especially the Italian brand rivals, you know, you've got the likes of Pinarello have fully embraced that kind of new tech thing with the F-Series bikes and the amount of success they've had with that. Or you look at Bianchi with introducing like the, the viscous material in the CV, you know, of the Specialissima and the Ultra. You know, the, their big rivals are bringing this kind of tech out there. And I think it's something that's been missing from Conargo's range and, and, and Arsenal as well. So, no, you know, what, what better way to announce it than with your flagship bike and saying... You know, look at look at this tech that we're bringing now. So, is there an element of Conago having to stay, you know, having to, you know, really kind of hang itself off of that history, but then also staying relevant, given consumers and the market what it demands and what people want? I think there's certainly an element of that. You know, I think, as I say, you know, I, I do think that they run the risk of just becoming, you know, an also ran a, a heritage brand, where, you know, people will just go and buy that bike because it looks beautiful and it looks pretty, but almost ignoring the kind of technical advantages and and this it brings those technical advantages back i mean and i do like on the on on the c68 design there are a couple of little nods to kind of the heritage like if you look around the head tube the head tube is sculpted in such a way and it's also painted in such a way that it's sort of saying hey these are lugs but they're you know they're kind of aero tuned and they've had they've been industrially designed within an inch of their lives and it's the same at the seat tube as well there's a, there's almost a definite kind of color change and a definite step where it's sort of it, it is a nod to bikes like the c64 but it's full of thoroughly modernizing it as well it, it's a very thoughtful design where at first glance you sort of go oh they've just they've made something that looks like the v3 but actually there's there's the devil's in the detail on that bike, I think. And that, you know, that was, to be honest, my first impression when I, when I first saw it, is that it looked very similar to a bike that's already in the Conago range. But then reading you, your news story, which our listeners can also read on Bike Radar and your first ride impressions, you do start to understand that there is a bit more going on underneath the surface with this. So, I mean, let's talk a bit more about those lugs, because as you said, there is the carbon option, there is the titanium option. Why would someone choose the titanium option, which is more expensive, as we'll come on to, over the traditional carbon option? What's the benefit and kind of upsell there well i kind of think it's more if you want to you know if you have a particular geometry that you want you know and that can be dependent on where you're riding or or how you ride or you know just your you know your your physiology if you just want to make those certain tweaks with the standard carbon one there are adjustments that can be made but they're not as extreme now as you can imagine if you're designing a, a effectively a look from scratch and printing it in 3d titanium the possibilities are almost endless. You know, it's not like I don't. I doubt Conargo are going to let you make a chopper or a lowrider with it made out of C sixty eight. But you know, within reason, that will still perform as as Conargo expect. Then then you can pretty much tune that bike to um, to the nth degree, really. So it's stock options only on the, the the full carbon bike, but then fully custom within the scope of fully custom with the three D printed lugged option. Yeah. Well, I think you know. Let's talk about some of the numbers. So, I think there's seven sizes for the for the the, the full carbon bike with the the carbon lugs. A 925 gram claimed frame weight for that frame, and that's for a size 48 
0.5, which in Conargo sizing is more like a 54-ish. Yeah, it's yeah, it's um, it's a kind of you, you mean average size bike. It's not overly small. It's not overly big. It's yeah. And then the uh, going for the titanium lugs. So it only adds 10 grams, so there's not a huge weight penalty there for choosing a metal over uh, a carbon design. So I mean, uh, you know, Conargo when they're talking about this kind of look construction, you know, they they talk about the advantage of it being basically a threefold you know first off they're saying because you're making in smaller parts you're not making a huge monocoque where as you can imagine the that kind of internal structure in a mold is quite difficult to control because there's lots of really hard to reach places if you're making it in sections you have much much better control over things like wall thicknesses and you know the the smoothness internally as opposed to externally so they can actually make the c68 with less pieces of carbon within those tubes which arguably means you can tune the ride better and you're just controlling quality better you know which they back up with a you know incredible guarantee and warranty on on this frame secondly because these pieces are more open they can use much much more higher pressures in the actual constructions which means the 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 carbon once it's once it's been been through the ovens is just so much more consistent and and, and there'll be no air pockets or gaps or wrinkles or whatever they've just eliminated all that and again you know and and then the the third thing is when it comes to the custom end of things they can look to tune those particular carbon tubes talking talking with the the guys at conargo if you're you know a 110 kilo rider they're going to construct that carbon very very different to if you were a 55 kilo rider you know so so there's this kind of so much more tuning and bespoke that can, that can go into this this modular construction. Now the downside of that is it's a little bit heavier because of the, those component pieces have to be bonded together compared to a, a, sim, a simpler monocoque system. I mean that's, that that was the kind of the burning question that I had. If if the kind of if the lug construction is so much better in Conargo's words or according to their claims, then why wouldn't a two-time Tour de France champion ride the better bike or the better frame? You know, is there more to it than that? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, there's economies here <laughs> you know it's um it's really really not a cheap bike to produce and so if you're having to outfit a team with that many bikes you're that's a huge huge endeavor in in, in time more than anything else because these are all basically handmade to order in italy rather than batch produced um in asia whereas the b3 is so you know I, I did ask the question again when i was talking to them and and although they said yeah there are no plans for for it to be ridden by there was also an element of watch the space. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll watch out with the toy. He was, he was on the V3 RS at the Tour de France last year. I think on the disc brake bike for the most part, but switched to to rim brakes um, for a couple of the mountain stages. So the V3 RS is 120 grams lighter as well, which might contribute to that decision, as well as the fact that obviously it's a, a significant uh, investment on Conargo's part to, to fit out the whole team. And I think in kind of aero terms, I think, you know, Conagra kind of said that the, the new 68 and the V3 RS are about the same, give or take. 
Um, you know, one of the, the the key features on the new bike is the cockpit. It's it's a new integrated cockpit from Conargo called the CC01. So what's going on here? How's it kind of changed from the previous design on the C64, which is also integrated? There were no cables on show there. So what's new and different? Well, I think on both the C64 and the V3 RS, you're looking at a, a dedicated headset system, you know, a bit like FSA's, you know, um, ACR type thing, where where the, the, the head tube and the head the headset are actually designed to enable you to route cables down through them. Whereas what they've done here is the C68 runs on a standard headset. You know, it's it's par- it's even it's a parallel headset. So they haven't had to compromise the steerer tube. It's got a round steerer rather than D-shaped or, or any sort of slot or anything in it. Um, and that brings obvious advantages um, uh, in in strength and and tunability as well, but also the bar itself is 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 actually quite cleverly done, you know. Whereas we've just been talking about the frame is made in of lots of different pieces, this bar is actually a true monocoque, and that's where it sort of stands out from a lot of one piece bars and stems, because most one piece bar and stems it's usually a stem part and a bar part bonded together. Now this is all constructed in one piece. But they've got a very clever kind of mould system with with interchangeable parts. So they can actually offer a hell of a lot of different sizes as well. You know, they offer like 16 combinations. So you've got four bar widths and then I think it's seven stem lengths, which is pretty impressive. You know, one of the biggest criticisms we we always make when you have an integrated cockpit is like, well, it doesn't quite fit me. It doesn't quite suit me. You know, if you think about in our office, you know, I like to ride a wide bar because I'm you know, really, really broad. And then we've got Simon who will uh, try and run the narrowest bar he can get away with. And with this bike, we could both get what we wanted. That's, mm. that's the interesting thing. And, and this this bar as well, you know, the construction method and everything, it comes together. And it's actually pretty light. You know, the one that I've been riding, which is a equivalent of like a 110 mil stem with a 42 wide bar. It's actually called a 41, but the, the way they measure it is it's more like a 42. It just weighs just over 300 grams. It's pretty impressive. So, you know, we've, we've kind of spoken through some of the key details on, on the frame and with the new cockpit. But it's also really interesting that whilst Conargo have launched this as a road bike in its initial guise, they've also got plans for different specs in terms of all-road, gravel, and as far as I'm aware from reading your story, a rim brake version as well. So, you know, when are we going to see those models and what's different between what Conargo have uh, initially launched? Well, Conargo is sort of, uh, they're, they're looking, I think, to make the... C series almost like a family and obviously really all at the highest end and so they want to offer as bespoke a bike as they can to lots of different types of riders so they've launched with the classic road bike in disc that yes as you know there is a rim rim brake version coming now the the road c68 disc you get a 30 mil tire clearance but then they're also doing an all road version which is kind of their way of saying an endurance bike that ups the tire clearance to 35 mil and then there's a full-on gravel version coming as well, which has 42 mil tire clearance. But they will all look pretty much like this C68. So, you know, this C68 gravel isn't a bike packer's bike. This is a, going to be a racy gravel bike. And I don't know if I'd be inclined to hang a load of bags off a 15,000 euro bike, to be honest. No, I can, I, yeah, I, can, <laughs> I can see where you're coming from with that one. With that one was, yeah, you wouldn't want to be uh, uh, chipping away at that paint. Uh, I mean, are, are, are they going to have to make any kind of changes to the to the kind of the layout and the geometry to accommodate those wider tyres? Just small tweaks, I imagine. Uh, yeah, it'd just be small tweaks. And as I say, I mean, if we go back to actually it being a modular construction, you could see how it would be quite easy to adapt. You know, you you just you're effectively just changing a back end and making some adjustments to seat angle geometry. So it's a uh, 
it's one of those things where you, you hear first about it and you go, wow, that's, that sounds difficult. But then you kind of think about it and they think, well, actually, no, because it's because it's a, I don't want to call it Lego, but it, 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 but because it's that adaptable, you know, in its construction method, um, you can just tune, you know, tune and design different styles of bike from the same kind of core ideas. Yeah, I mean, it's very expensive Lego, although Lego is not cheap in itself. But I mean, I think that's, that's a good way to describe actually what's going on with the, that kind of lug construction. Uh, I mean, let's let's kind of pause very slightly and talk about the prices because, of course, being a, a flagship Conargo, it is going to be very expensive, particularly in today's market with prices going in the direction that they have over the last couple of years. But to put some numbers on that, the frame for the, the full carbon version with the carbon lugs is €5,650. For the frame with the 3D printed lugs, it's uh, about €1,000 more, so €6,600. And complete bikes start from around €13,000 and go all the way up to 16780 with Campagnolo Super Record EPS if you want the full, uh, the full Italian spec. Um, look, you know, this is a Colnago, it's a flagship Colnago, it's going to be a very pricey bike, but, you know, no doubt those are seriously toppy prices. But I think interestingly, Colnago also changed their, their their buying model. So you can now buy this direct from the brand as well, can't you? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting what they've introduced on, on their kind of whole, the whole purchasing thing. So yeah, for the first time, you have the ability to order and purchase this bike directly from their website or even the Colnago app. I mean, I'm not sure where you'd have the Colnago app if you didn't already own a C68, but maybe if you've got one, you, you might want another. You know, you think I've got the road, I'll get the gravel. Get next. the gravel, yeah. then get the all road and <laughs> um, yeah, and then get the rim brake if you really want to turn back time. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that you know it's it's something we're seeing a lot more from a lot of brands. You know, Specialized introduced it recently. They've launched that on their flagship bikes with with S Works, and so I think the reasoning that Colnago are giving in behind doing it with C sixty eight is it just gives them that gives you that much more freedom to to for tunability and and customization of of parts and paint and finish and you know all those other elements that I think if you were You'd expect if you were buying a premium car, motorbike, these are all the kind of customizations options you'd expect. You wouldn't, you wouldn't want to go into your local Carnago dealer and they'll go, "Well, we've got that one." When you're talking these sorts of money, you want you you want that full service. I think. Yeah, so you can you can fully whilst there are complete bikes to to buy in in the specs that Carnago have landed on, you can customize the spec to your heart's content, pretty much, yeah. and, and same with the painter. Yeah, and then uh, you know, off the back of that, you're getting the option to either. Have the have the bike delivered to your to your local Conargo dealer, and then get it set up by them. And which uh, uh, you know, I think is is great to have a good relationship with with um, somebody you can sort your bike out should things go wrong. But then they are also offering you know this kind of um, super high end white glove treatment where where a Conargo employee will go wherever you are in the world, hand deliver the bike, and it comes in a custom Conargo C sixty eight Cycon case, a full set of Castelli C sixty eight kit, etc. I mean, this is an interesting. This is an interesting uh, trend in the market. The uh, you know some of the bigger brands out there, Conaga being one, Specialized being another that you mentioned, moving towards a, a direct sales model alongside uh, alongside uh, supporting traditional bike shops. I mean, what do you think is kind of? It's probably a podcast for another day. But what do you think is pushing pushing this trend? You know, why are brands encouraging riders to to buy direct from them as well as popping down the high street and going into a bike shop? Well, I think there's. Um... I think there's an element of of they've looked at other markets and seen how things that aren't bicycles are being sold, and we are talking, you know, we're talking real premium products here. You know, this fifteen thousand euros kind of mean price is is a serious serious investment. So I think it's it's definitely about offering a, a really high grade service. Not that you wouldn't get it from your from your Conago dealer, I'm sure you would, but you know, just having that that original kind of front end original purchase and then 
the fulfillment, whether it comes from a from a dealer or whether it comes from you know somebody arriving in a limousine with a bike on the back. I don't know. You know, it's it's it, it. But it seems to be that with this a kind of explosion over recent years of of premium bikes, and there seems to be a quite vociferous appetite for for bikes at this price right now. But I think that sort of customer is is somebody very different to to me and you, I guess. We don't have deep enough pockets to to justify it. Um, but good luck to anyone who does. I'm sure it rides very, very nicely. And we'll come on to your your ride impressions uh, in a second, Warren, because you are lucky enough to have this bike in your possession at the moment. But you know, one of the kind of quirkier features that I did want to talk through just very briefly was the fact that every bike uh, or every C68 that's sold comes with an NFC tag and an NFT file. So, you know, you're going to have to educate me here, Warren, but I know that Conago has been one of the the more forward-thinking brands in terms of adopting NFT technology, but let's start with the basics. What the hell is going on here? I mean, effectively what they've done is they've they've embedded a tag into the frame, which contains basically a blockchain file. Now, a blockchain is the sort of security you get on cryptocurrencies. You'll have to forgive me, This most of this stuff is new to me as well, but um, I've, I've listened to them, them tell me about it, and I've tried to understand it as best I can. So this is basically a system that records all the information into a into this blockchain that is nigh on impossible, at least really, really difficult to hack or change or or interfere or steal, as it were. So it's kind of like having a virtual ledger of the bike that's, her, that's held in a virtual safety deposit box. So this inclusion, Colnago tell me that contained within, within it, it will have the date of manufacture of the bike, the, your original specification that you ordered it with, every single unique element that came in with that. Even, there were, you know, they're even talking like there's multimedia files involved of of your bike being assembled and painted and made, you know, all contained within within this blockchain. And all these all of this is the digital identity of the bike. It can't be modified. It can't be rewritten. It can be added to, which also means that that once you've got this bike in your possession, when you take it into be serviced to your Colnago dealer, your Colnago dealer will be able to go on and add in that your bike's been properly serviced and any replacement parts or any anything that's that's happened to it. And now all of this stuff gets collated into this in, in you know into this digital vault, as it were. It's all accessed through their app and with a rather pretty sort of carbon fiber credit card that you get with the bike with gold embossing on it, etc. But I, what I can see here is they're just modernizing bike ownership, you know. Uh, and when we're talking about bikes that, that cost this much, I mean, what is a second-hand Conago C68 with super record EPS going to be? You know, if you, if you wanted to sell it in an 18 months' time, it's still going to be 10,000 euro bike, 12,000 euro bike. Now, I don't know about you, but I personally, I wouldn't buy a 12,000 euro car or 12,000 euro motorbike with no service history and no proof of ownership. And so I think this bringing this element to it, it just gives you that reassurance that the bike's legit. You know, it's never been crashed, it's never been warranted, it's never um, that the person that, that says they're owning it and selling it actually do own it. You know, it's all the, all these kind of elements to it, and and you know, and you have to remember that you know the the Italian brands are especially hot on anti counterfeit measures because brands like Pinarello and and Colnago are some of the most counterfeited in the world. So, and you can make quite a lot of money if you if you were selling a fake C sixty eight, you could potentially rip off somebody. So this just gives assurances that when you come to pass it on, you're going to get what it's worth. It's going to have a better residual value, and also. The security of the person buying it, and then once you've bought, you've bought it. You know the owner of that information can then pass that data on to the next person. So it will basically be a bike with with a proper service history. And I think actually, I think that's quite a positive thing. Mm. But then the other thing that they were, that Carnago told me that they were doing, which is really interesting, is 
they're going to be introducing this tech on most of their bikes, starting with the bikes that are being being raced right now. So Podegard's bike has one of these tags. So, you know, if in a couple of years' time you see an online auction site saying, this is Podegard's bike they won in the tour on, you can actually prove it. You know, you can actually get that proof. And so I think it's good for residual values of something that's suddenly become really, really expensive. I, I, I think that's that's got to be a good thing when we're dealing with you know, bikes that are this expensive. So it's effectively a, a kind of a, a digital logbook yeah. embedded within the bike. Yeah. So that's the that's the NFC tag. They've, they've also got a non-fungible token or an NFT that comes with the bike. Now, this is a bit more interesting or not a bit more interesting, a bit quirkier, I should say. And Conago have, have form here, this history. So an NFT of the, the C64 sold for almost $8,600 in May 2021. So am I right in saying that every bike that's sold as a C68 comes with a, a virtual equivalent? Is that how it works? Yeah, effectively, when you go through that process of ordering it on online and choosing all your specification things, and, and I've had a little bit of a play with you know with, with this app, it literally builds the bike virtually. And you can like 3D rotate it and see you know every element of it, make, make adjustments, make changes. Then once you've actually clicked that, buy it now button which i didn't want to press by accident effectively you that nft is generated by the by this by their clever app and that's effectively yours to keep you know they were talking about you know having this kind of virtual avatar that you know will become more usable i mean i don't know i don't know how far they're going to get with that you know the rumor was and kind of you know talk talk after a meal with one of the carnago guys i had about 18 months ago, after a few drinks, etc., he was saying, you know, maybe we could make these avatars that you could use in Strava. So, you know, in Strava, you're basically riding your bike that you've custom specs and that sort of thing. I don't know. That may come. It may not. But, yeah, basically, you're, you're, getting, a, you're getting a 3D three D graphic representation of your bike. That actually weirdly works in AR as well. So if you like, order the bike and then think, oh, what it's going to look like leaned up against my front door, you can actually... <laughs> Wonder what, what, what it's going to look like leaned up against my uh, my Porsche, perhaps, or my Maserati. Exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, will this will this sit nicely with my yacht? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get onto your ride impressions in a in a set, Warren. But um, you know, to kind of recap on some of the headline details about the new C sixty eight. On the outside, it looks a fair bit like the V three RS, but actually on the inside, it's still lugged, and there's some really clever technology going on there with both the traditional carbon lugged option, but also a three D printed titanium lugged option for custom geometry. Tele Pogaccia won't ride it at the Tour de France. There's a new integrated cockpit called the CCA1, which uses a standard headset and steerer tube with a 310 gram claim weight. There's a road model at launch, but there should be all road, rim brake, and gravel additions on the way, expanding the C68 uh, as a family. You can buy it direct from Colnago with prices starting from around 13,000 euros for complete bikes or just under 6,000 euros for the frame. And as an added bonus, every bike comes with an NFC tag and an NFT digital file. So the burning question was to finish up, to wrap up. I mean, this sounds like a hell of a bike. How does it ride? In, in short, it's fabulous. It really is. I mean, I've I've always been a fan of Conargo bikes. Never owned one because they've always been pretty much out of my price league. But I do really appreciate where they, where they ride. They, their kind of racy geometry isn't quite as racy as most. There's slightly more trail at a front end, which doesn't slow the bike in any way. It just makes it feel a bit more finessed, a bit more balanced. It's, they're, they're super, super smooth. And, th- and this this C68 is just, it feels thoroughly modern, but it feels like a Conargo, and that's the best I could kind of expect from from 
a bike like this, you know, and the, and the bike I had is, you know, it's Durace Di2, so the gearing's flawless, the braking's amazing. Um, it's got the new Durace wheels on it, which again, you know, it's the first time Shimano have made a proper cutting edge wheel rather than a safe pair of wheels, as it were. That new CCO one bar, I think, is um, so smart. Really, really clever, clever shape, you know, beautiful design. The flat top section is, you know, is, is comfortable enough to hold, um, and then it flattens decidedly behind the hoods, which gives you this really nice platform for like the heels of your hand when you're up on the hoods. Um, but then when you get down into the drops, the drop literally steps two centimetres out. So it's wider in the drop than it is in the top, but with, without a kind of weird gravel flare or anything. They've just subtly almost stepped it. So when you're up on the hoods, it's a little bit, you know, I'm riding a bar that's a bit narrower than I, I you know, usually ride. So you can get that little bit more aero and that little bit more tucked in. Um, I'm not going as far as the Simon Bromley method, but it, it's good. But then when you're down in the drops, you have that proper width that is just perfect for, you know, carving carving through corners at speed when you're going downhill. And I think, you know, it's just it, there wasn't any element of the bike that I sort of went, well, I kind of like this a bit better. It's firm. It's super stiff through the drivetrain, but it never gets uncomfortable. It's, it is light, you know. We, we're talking about 120 grams of difference between it and the and the V3 RS, but the bike I had, you know, was like bang on seven kilos and it was just floated uphill. It was just, just fabulous. And the magnificent handling, you know, there's, there's one niggle on the whole bike that, that annoyed me, and that's basically the out-front Garmin mount. It's just an injection-molded piece of plastic, you know. I mean, it's nice that it comes with two different lengths, and it comes with every GPS mount known to man. But when it's sitting on one of the best carbon bars I've ever used, it just looks like a bit of cheap plastic. You know, mm. it should have been carbon fiber, or maybe you know, it's a bike at this sort of elevated price. Maybe they should have gone to Silco and got Silco to three D print them some dedicated titanium ones. You know, it, it, it kind of needs that finishing touch. It almost feels like that little out from out was a bit of an afterthought. And when you're talking fifteen grand, I don't want an afterthought. No, it leaves it leaves something to upgrade, perhaps, but you know, re- yeah. rarely when you're well, never really when you're spending this kind of money is is a is a bike a, a, a rational purchase around value. But you know, there's a lot to be said for Colnago's um, name. It's a key trading point for yeah. them, and if, they, and if they created a bike that that rides as as good as this sounds like it does, um, and keeps Colnago kind of thoroughly modern and, and current, then um, I mean, there's a small market for for bikes at this price tag, but uh, I'm sure C-Series fans will, will find a lot to like. And I think, it, you know, as a kind of, as all these flagship bikes have always hard about what brand they're, they're coming from. For Conargo, it's almost like a statement of intent of, you know, where they go next. Because lessons learned on this will 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 trickle down into their, their mainstream offerings, just as, you know, what we see on an S-Works, we know is coming down, or what we see on Trex SLRs, we know is, is going gonna, is gonna to filter down into the, the bikes we can afford. And, you know, and I think what Conargo have done here is, They've made everything a modern superbike should be. It's fast, it's comfortable, it's you know, it's confident, it's really exclusive. You know, it's um, fiscally probably quite irresponsible, but hey, kind of everything. That's it. Well, yeah, I'm sure they have to pry it out of your hands when when the time comes, Warren. <laughs> okay, well, we'll wrap it up there. That's uh, our summary of the new Conargo C68. If you do want to read more about it, then we'll put the links to Warren's news story and his first ride review in the description. And you can also watch the video with Warren's opinions on the bike on our YouTube channel. Again, we'll put the link to that in the description to this podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Please do leave us a review on your podcast provider of choice. It means a lot to us. We really value your feedback and it also helps us in the podcast rankings. 
and we'll speak to you next time thanks very much bye-bye thanks for listening to the bike radar podcast if you've not done so already please subscribe and share with your friends or leave us a rating if you've enjoyed this episode 